0: Navigating the complex landscape of mental health in the healthcare sector is a pressing challenge for today's leaders. Join us in this episode as Paula Allen from LifeWorks shares unique insight and practical strategies drawn from her extensive experience, illuminating the path for healthcare entrepreneurs, executives, and innovative founders to make a difference. Before transitioning to a research related role, Paula had a background in service development and system work, recognizing the chaotic state of workplace health data. She set out to create a more reliable population measurement, leading to the development and validation of a workplace health index between 2017 and 2019. When launched in 2020, this index highlighted a stagnant global mental health decline due to the pandemic including an almost threefold increase in high-risk population, a four-fold increase in high-risk drinking behavior, and a noticeable increase in stress sensitivity. The immersed impact of the pandemic on workplace mental health presents a pressing issue and uncharted territory for healthcare entrepreneurs today announcement before we move forward if you are a healthcare entrepreneur or startup founder looking to accelerate your social mission and increase profitability in an authentic way don't hesitate to reach out to me on LinkedIn let's connect and discuss how we can take your healthcare business to the next level Welcome to Provider's Edge, the podcast that helps healthcare entrepreneurs and executives like you break down barriers and control your business, your life, and your future. With me, your host, Sabrina Rumbach, a recovered clinician and a business deal catalyst. Let's rewrite the rules and create a positive social impact while increasing your profitability. Welcome back to another episode of The Providers Edge. I'm your host, Sabrina Rumback. Today, we have Paula Allen here with us. She supports the work of large network of mental health clinicians across the U.S. She is the global leader, research and total well-being, a senior VP and a thought leader at LifeWorks. She manages and the research agenda for life works, including primary research, exploratory data science, research collaborations, and meta analysis. She is a recognized expert in all areas of workplace mental health, learning strategies, disability management, and drug plan management. She is someone who has worked with Thousands of clinicians, and they are also the one who created a U.S. Mental Health Index. So I so appreciate you for being here. Hi, Paula. Hello, Sabrina. How are you? (laughs) Good. And and we were just, uh, I was sort of saying hi, and I understand um, we have been struggling as a whole healthcare professional for many, many years. For issue was burned out with mental health, and we see a lot of gaps when you, especially going to these larger conferences, people are talking about the bridge of mental health from our patients to how we better engage them back to the clinic. There just a lot of that has been going on. I feel like people feel out of control most of the time, and whether it's the system not working, the environment not working, the politics not working. And it seems like it's just so much barriers. So I appreciate you for being here. And I would love to hear a bit more about your story. How did you get into healthcare and why focusing on mental health?
1: Oh, yeah. So there's a lot of what you said. I I'm, I'm, can't wait to dig into it. But just starting with, uh, with me, I started in university, not really being sure exactly where I was going to go. Uh, one thing changed my mind and changed my life. Uh, in first year, I saw an image of a brain. And that brain had, you know, imagery over a period of time. So it was time lapse. And I actually saw the structure of that brain change. And what we learned is that the person who had that brain was under significant, unrelenting stress. So, wow, that kind of took me back. Like it it changed the way I was thinking about mental health and every single aspect. I was curious about it. I was personally interested in it. Uh, I I just needed to know more about this and I needed to be able to help so I I, I went into neuropsychology I worked with children with learning disabilities for a number of of years, Um, I worked with head injury people who had a head injury and started to work in with adults. And that, that also changed me a little bit because I was seeing that the way adults were addressed, particularly in the workplace, uh, when they had mental health issues or disability issues, was just horrible, in my view. <laughs> I, I really felt that myself as somebody who was um, trained on how to do things a certain way, I felt the system really hampered my ability to be successful. So I went about and had a wonderful career after that, trying to change that. So product development, service development with the organization that I have have right now, uh, research, on how to actually prevent things from getting uh, getting bad. So that's a bit of my story, all starting with that image of the brain. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, um, my background uh, is in neuroscience before I got into medicine. So it's definitely, there's so much intricate of things that we are not, explored yet to see our folk uh, capability and capacity of how we really work, how we really leverage. uh, And we also know we can retrain the brain, which is the amazing part uh, of to say, yes, perhaps our background, our current environment, and whatever restriction we felt put us in this place right now, but we can get ourselves out if we actually understand ourselves better. And then without having some kind of assessment or index, of course, we don't know where to go. uh, Even we have an idea of what that is. So what has been a a major drive for you as you're building careers to really stepping out to create a a whole new round of uh, in the business world, in the leadership world of healthcare.
1: Well, um, you mentioned an index, and that was really a, a turning point. So, you know, in um, prior, prior uh, aspects of my career, I did service development and, and and systems work. But at the end of the day, the data on the workplace is really messy. You know, there's a lot of public health information that mixes up all sorts of populations that might not be as as timely as what we would like. The workplace data is often focused on, you know, people who have uh, – sought care and and there was no real good population measure. Uh, So myself and my team uh, went about actually doing the research and developing an index. So we were working on that between 2017 and 2019, validating questions and and collecting uh, benchmark data. And we had this plan uh, to launch in uh, 2020. Well, <laughs> we didn't know what was going to happen in 2020, but we, we launched anyway, and we started publishing monthly and really saw something quite astounding. So, um, you know, with what we experienced with the pandemic, change, uncertainty, et cetera, it, it's, it's not surprising, and we, were, we would have expected there to be an impact. On people's mental health, but it was much greater than what we thought. There was a massive decline. And we do this index with a very large population in, in the United States, but we also do it globally, and we saw it as a global phenomenon. So we saw this massive decline. We saw an almost threefold increase in um, the high risk population in the workplace. Uh, We saw a fourfold increase in high-risk drinking behavior. And we also saw uh, really a, 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 a significant portion, almost half of the population, saying that they are more sensitive to stress. Their fuse is a little bit shorter. So a lot of things. And that happened during the pandemic and is still where we are now.
0: Right. That's the part where we start feeling, oh, my gosh. We are recognizing the problem. And I think the other good thing about it is that we start talking more about it. And so some people are debating, oh, do we have even more problem now as compared to two years ago before the pandemic versus we're just become a lot more not stigmatizing what it is and then willing to face the truth, and then do something more about it. Um, so when you mentioned the higher risk people are three times full, higher uh, riskier, uh, how do you define that risky behavior? What, how do you define um, that these are cohort of a group of employees that they are at high risk?
1: Uh, That's a very good question. What we look at is basically how people are presenting. Uh, We look at uh, their behavior, their symptoms, uh, their relationships, Um, You know, uh, basically all the indicators are how people are doing. So if somebody has a diagnosis, for example, and it's well controlled, uh, they're living their fullest life, they they really don't have any symptoms interfering with their, their lives, we're not considering that group as high risk. You know, we're considering them as stable, uh, but what we're finding is that there was an increase from 12 percent to almost 34 percent of the working population now that is not doing okay. You know, they either have a diagnosis and it's not fully controlled. There are other things that are sort of getting in the way or they're trending towards a, a difficult place.
0: Right, right. And so we're really seeing the trends and the markers uh, combination to be able to identify the higher risk ones. So then we can targetly support them uh, with different methods. Um, So that sounds awesome. So is your company, so you, you guys started in two, uh, 2020 when all these things is uh, are coming down on us from the pandemic restriction, learning how to work remotely. And um, um, are you guys being able to focus mostly on training the practitioners so they can better identify them patients where you work mostly with larger employees or organization? Who are the uh, primary people that you guys work with?
1: So we, we have a three point approach. Uh, one approach is employers, you know, sort of large employers, including public sector, including uh, hospital employers, you know, how do those employers support their people, the workers, uh, the other group uh, are the providers. So those who are actually supporting the population you know it's very very important that there's this this recognition that the population is different right now like we've measured that much more complexity in the issues that are coming forward and much more edge you know people are a little quicker to get angry a little quicker to be cynical you know it's just a, a more difficult uh, population to to deal with so it's important that we equip our providers so they know and that we provide them with support for their own well-being and and the third audience is basically the general population we want to raise awareness of mental health we want to have people see you know what opportunities that they have to to take care of themselves and seek help when needed so those are the three three areas that we focus with the data
0: Right. So uh, does it seem like you guys are more of a research engine where you educate, you collect data and then show uh, us what this data is going to so we can readjust uh, how we treat our patient or you guys are more into the patient care and education side?
1: Uh, both. Me, my group, my data scientists and researchers are the, are the research engine, but the organization overall, LifeWorks, supports providers, supports employers. Uh, we even support post-secondary, uh, sec- secondary students as individuals. So uh, the organization provides solutions and support and, and training, uh, but we're the research engine that helps make sure that everything is evidence-based.
0: Yeah, perfect. Because we know in medicine, we're so trained to be what's the study, what brought us by the number of subjects that's in there. So we understand it does apply for across the majority. And um, when you guys are working with providers, uh, are they mostly therapists uh, or you also work with, let's say, primary care or uh, other mental health specialists who are involved with these assessments? and patient engagement uh,
1: we, we work with providers in two main ways uh, actually three main ways uh, one is that we have a, a fairly substantial provider network like we have a number of clinicians who provide support and some of them are staff but we provide the same support across the board. Uh, We make sure that we're checking in on their mental health. We provide training on a a monthly basis. There's a lot of investment to make sure that that group is as as supported as possible for their own well being as well as in the support of their clients. The other uh, way that we support is that we work for organizations. So one way is um, uh, associations uh, so, uh, professional associations where we provide direct support, counseling support, coaching support, uh, personal support, and the other way is through hospitals. So, when there's uh, there, when there uh, when a provider is em- employed by a hospital or any other entity, we're often there to support as well.
0: Perfect. So, three ways. Um, does it seem like a pretty even split between the private entity of individual individual provider who's have their own clinic and um, the society right medical different medical societies local perhaps as stateward, national level and the hospital how do you feel like you're able to what's the population uh, division that you uh, you're working right now
1: Um, I actually don't have that off the the top of my head, but I would say that um, the associations and our own network are the biggest populations at this point. But again, it's off the top of my head and not specific numbers.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All good. And I know healthcare and you, uh, everyone who's listening, know really well that we cannot do things all by ourselves. And it's mostly a team based. So how big is your team now on staff to be able to do all this?
1: Uh, in terms of our pro- provider networks, we have uh, several thousand providers. Uh, Again, we're a global provider. Um, I think the one thing that we're very, very focused on is one thing that you had mentioned. This is a sort of a, a team event. Uh, mental health isn't something that, uh, that that it happens without a community. And one of the things that we see as a big issue in independent providers in particular is isolation. So not having that social support necessarily from a peer on a regular basis, not necessarily having, you know, that that cushion where even your professional development is guided. You know, there's a lot on an independent provider. Um, not having a community where you can debrief like we know for example that you know all of our practitioners are human beings absolutely uh, and they're, they're not always hearing things that are easy to you know some of the stories that we hear some of the interactions that we have some of the feelings that are coming up from from, from us are, are really quite profound so being able to always, 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 and call somebody who's able to understand and debrief with you and take you to the next level. I really think that that's essential and that's part of what we, what we provide as support.
0: Exactly. It's about the team base uh, allocating the right people with the right resource and the right place and right time. And it can be challenging sometimes, especially you have such a large network of a thousand people and you're the VP who's leading the change. So what have you been feeling some of the challenges that you are seeing with uh, running your team and perhaps something that you're able to overcome? I think
1: for uh, us overall, and I think this sort of applies to a lot of practitioners is sometimes because you are knowledgeable <laughs> that you somehow feel that you're invulnerable, that, um, that the, the change in their people. Th- so think of what has happened actually to healthcare providers over this past while. We have had change, isolation. We've had la- you know, lack of certainty in the population overall. And that's impacted everyone, regardless of what your, your your profession is. So that's number one. Number two is there were demands on providers of all types: physicians, nurses, everybody related to healthcare and mental health clinicians, like we have never seen before. So the demand and the requirement was was tremendous. on on, on top of that, the complexity of our work increased. So it wasn't just the volume in terms of the demand, it was the complexity of what's showing up. So the population was very vulnerable, the population was very scared, more complex issues are coming up from a mental and physical health point of view. So there was this three prong impact for providers. So that's, that's a pretty big deal. So in all of that, you know, we've been focusing very specifically on the on the need for support and also making sure that providers don't take their own mental well-being for granted. So many people, particularly high performers, have a lot of adrenaline. So many people in this profession would never let the work suffer. And because of that, other people might not notice that they're suffering. So. Having people sort of realize that they have to fill their own tank, reach out for support, seek counseling, professional support, even if they are a clinician themselves, that's been a challenge. And I think that we still have to make sure that we focus on that because, you know, a lot of providers put everything before themselves and that does not work.
0: As a global provider with several thousand independent providers, LifeWorks acknowledges that mental health is a community issue. They have noticed the challenge of isolation among providers who often lack regular peer support and professional guidance. The complexity of managing healthcare providers' mental well being has been compounded by the pandemic with rising demands, increasing complexity of care, and the vulnerability of both providers and patients. LifeWork, therefore, stresses the importance of self-care among providers advocating for them to seek professional support despite their role as caregivers. This focus on provider mental health represents a significant point of discussion for healthcare entrepreneurs given its, com- given its implication for healthcare delivery don't miss out on episode subscribe to our podcast today on your favorite podcast platform to get the latest insight from our experts together let's rewrite the rules for your business and create a positive social impact in the healthcare industry let's get back to the rest of our show Exactly. You're so right. Most of my clients are the high performers, right? They are running big practices and they're running an organization. They're producing something amazing. And when we ask about where do you want to level up or what's your mission, it's all very much outward focus, whether it's the team or the patient population and never somehow go back to, oh, I deserve a piece of myself too. And so when people get into that overwhelm and then uh, they think about, hmm, what does that mean for me? That never somehow come across their head. And... uh, Whether it is that we're never trained to think that way, right? We're always trained to be useful, be resourceful for someone else or for a bigger mission. Um, But at the end of the day, for us to go to the next level of high performance, we know it has to be a locus of control of within, and that's how you can produce time. So even as me as being a productivity and performance expert, I'm always looking at let's get yourself time back first. First, if you have no capacity, you're so compressed, how do you think you can support anybody else? Or that big project that come up that you work 20 hours on, how is that real quality? And it becomes just things that you put all together. And we sometimes lie to ourselves to say, no, no, I really work well when I'm close to the deadline, right? Like I I work well when I only have one hour. Uh, But then why do we put our self in that so high pressure cooker just to work. Um, So I I love it that you guys are supporting your clinicians, supporting your team that way. And so personally, where do you think you like to uh, level up to? I know we like to be the best in everything that we do. But when we think about different area of life, is there any particular area uh, you wanted to be able to level up?
1: What a wonderful question, um, leveling up. I, I, I think if I were to describe myself and really what 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 makes me excited and what 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 I always want to be doing is just understanding things more. I have an unbelievably curious nature. So, you know, understanding human behavior, what makes us tick, understanding even further how the mind works. And to your point, you know, what we can do to sort of leverage the fact that, we you know, we can we can move in different ways if we know how. You know, though, though, I'm very curious in terms of the impact of some of the trends that we're seeing right now in terms of isolation. Like we've been seeing that before pandemic hit it's it's increased us now it's it's really making us you know it's contributing to that sensitivity to stress so even as I'm talking I'm realizing I'm very interested in human behavior how we work and how we can do better and I think once you have knowledge you have a platform to make change if you don't have knowledge then the change that you're making is random and I don't like random
0: Exactly. It's all about that intentionality. Um, when we have the curious mind, our uh Any opportunity come to us, then we believe is something could potentially bring us some flourishing, some positivity, something that we can get to where we need to go instead of the immediate shutdown. Because if we're not curious, then we feel like anything that come to us become a roadblock instead of opportunity. Um, So I love that you have that mindset. And uh, is that how you keep yourself pretty much balanced in uh, being this big leader? For organization, helping the uh, the helping the health, right, uh, and then helping the population,
1: definitely part of it. You know, because I have this curious nature, I, I believe that the work that we do is important. It really helps me with a sense of purpose, so that's helpful. Uh, but I know that's not enough as well. <laughs> so I know there's certain things that I have to do to to protect myself. You know, one of the most basic ones is that we forget that our brain needs a bit of a balanced diet of experiences. You know, you can't, you know, you can't just work even if it's work that you love and have purpose and then do nothing, you know, work and then sit in front of the TV or work and then meditate or whatever. We need different experiences. We need fun. We need physical activity. We need a change of scenery. We need to be with other people. So I try to be very intentional about my time. And the point that you made before is if our time is too compressed, variety in our mind, and that makes us tired. So even, 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 even just even doing something fabulous, if you don't have a little bit of variety in your experiences, you're more likely to burn out.
0: Exactly. I so appreciate you for giving us your time and sharing with your amazing work. Uh, I know people definitely wanted to reach out, uh, learn more about LifeWorks or yourself. What's the best way for them to contact you?
1: I'm on LinkedIn and and happy to connect with people. And uh, we have a wealth of information about the company, our purpose, the services that we offer on LifeWorks.com. So just as we spell it, just as we say it, lifork
0: scom Perfect. For anybody who has a strong interest in mental health or wanted to uh, better engage your patients and learning about the index or uh, various ways that you can be involved, uh, please visit um, Paula and uh, reach out to her or visit the website, lifeworks.com. Until next time, thanks guys. The mental health landscape in healthcare sector has been experiencing significant transformation in recent years. As healthcare entrepreneurs, executives, and innovative founders, it's crucial for you to understand the landscape to create effective solutions that address the burdening mental health challenges. Here is a quick summary of the six major points we discussed. Number one, bridging the gap, addressing mental health challenges in the healthcare sector. Healthcare professionals face unique mental health challenges due to the nature of their work and these issues have been further exacerbated by the COVID-19 pandemic. This sector has been an alarming increase in burnout, anxiety and depression among its workers. Paula Allen and her team at LifeWork are leveraging technology and evidence-based interventions to bridge this gap. They're developing digital solutions that provide real-time support and resources, making mental health services more accessible and efficient for those in need. Number two, understanding the workplace, the advent of a mental health index. LifeWork has been pioneering its approach to understanding the mental health landscape within the workplace. The team has developed a mental health index, a tool that tracks the mental health status of the workforce in real time. This data-driven approach allows organizations to be proactive in their strategies, providing timely support to employees showing signs of mental distress. It also allows for a deeper understanding of the collective mental health for a company, fostering a more supportive and empathetic work environment. Number three, identifying high-risk groups. The implications of increasing mental health issues in the workplace. The Mental Health Index also enables organizations to identify high risk groups such as frontline healthcare workers who are especially vulnerable to mental health issues. By identifying these groups, organizations can implement targeted interventions, ensuring that resources are directed where they are most needed. Paula stresses the importance of this targeted approach, stating that it's essential in mitigating the long-term effects of the mental health crisis in the workplace. Number four, a tripod approach, empowering employers, providers, and general population to better handle mental health issues. Life working employed a tripod approach to empower mental health outcome They empower employers by providing resources and strategies to create a supportive workplace environment. They support providers through a vast network that facilitates ongoing education, peer support, and self-care resources. Lastly, they engage the general population by making mental health resources readily available and accessible, breaking down barriers to treatment. Number five, supporting healthcare workers in a multidimensional approach. LifeWork places a strong emphasis on supporting mental health care providers, recognizing that they are too vulnerable to mental health challenges. The organization has adopted a multidimensional approach, offering a robust support system that includes regular check-ins, trainings, and resources for self-care. This comprehensive approach ensures providers are well supported and equipped to offer the highest quality care to their patients. Last but not least, number six, the challenges and struggles in leading a global provider network. Leading this large thousands of providers network is not easy feat. Polas shares that one of the key challenges is ensuring that mental health services are consistently high, quality and accessible across different regions. She emphasizes the importance of strong leadership, a supportive team, and a shared vision in overcoming these challenges. Moreover, she highlights the importance of continuing learning, collaboration, and adapting to change, which are crucial for navigating the ever-evolving mental health landscape. Addressing mental health challenges in the healthcare sector requires a comprehensive, targeted, and a proactive approach. As healthcare entrepreneurs and leaders, it's crucial to understand these challenges and collaborate in innovative solutions that prioritize mental health in the workplace. With organizations like LifeWork leading the way, there is a clear roadmap for creating a mentally healthier, more supportive, Healthcare sector. Thank you for tuning in to Provider's Edge. We hope you found our latest episode insightful and valuable for your healthcare business. We would love to hear your feedback on the show and connect with you on LinkedIn. As a token of our appreciation, we offer an unique opportunity. Write a recommendation about our show on LinkedIn under Sabrina Rumbach's profile, and we will give you a free media feature on one of our podcasts or TV show. During this exclusive interview, you'll have the chance to ask any questions and gain visibility and credibility with influential partners to accelerate your mission and profitability. So don't hesitate. Connect with Sabrina on LinkedIn, leave a recommendation about our show, and help us tailor our content while seizing this fantastic opportunity to elevate your healthcare business. We can't wait to hear from you.